The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business, or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So let's get right into it. Hello, friends. What is up? And welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. I am really stoked to bring you this episode because it is with two women who I think are absolutely hysterical and also very different in how they interact with each other and their personalities. And I love having conversations with this. I am, of course, talking about Aurora Culpo and Kristen Lewell, who are the co-hosts of the Barely Filtered podcast. Now, If you look at the kind of interviews that I typically do, I usually do a one-on-one format. And so having both Aurora and Kristen on the podcast was so fun because their dynamic is really, it's very fun to be a part of because they have very different personalities and of course they're co-hosts and good friends. And so having the two of them chat with me was just a really good conversations. Also, not only are their personalities very different, I think that they're just very different people. And for me personally, I love to have diverse thinkers on the podcast. And so I think you guys will really enjoy today's conversation. We go all over the map. We chat about both of their careers, how they got to where they are, how they cultivate community, vulnerability, how they navigate the online space. There's just so much in here. And I just love both of them because they're such open, vulnerable, fun girls, girls, you know, and I love a girl's girl. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Also, can you believe that we're almost in 2024? I honestly can't even wrap my head around it. So I hope that this conversation is one that is an entertaining end to 2023. I hope you learn a lot from these two incredible women. And let's welcome Kristen and Aurora to the Dream Bigger podcast. So I actually want to start by getting both of your career trajectories because I feel like people see successful women and they're like, well, overnight success. So how the fuck do you guys get here? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really flattered that you think we're successful. First of all, she's like, oh my let God. me just revel in that for a second. Yeah. I don't know. Do you want me to start? I guess yeah. it, so my my path has always been just kind of all over the place. I, I was actually in law school and then I quit to be to get my master's in teaching. And I was a teacher for a while. And then I got my degree in behavior analysis, which is like I worked specifically with kids with autism. And then now I'm like a D-list influencer. So that's <laughs> so that's pretty much how my story played out. But no, I mean, I had my kids and then I started blogging about my kids and I didn't go back to work after I had them. And mm-hmm. I started building a community. And I think I really found a passion in giving people authentic insight into what is working for me in parenting and health and wellness and and being open about my journey in life. And then you want to know, it's true what they say, like when you when you feel 
when you're doing something that comes authentic to you, I think success kind of follows. And I agree. I feel like that is what's kind of playing out in my life. And yeah. I'm always trying to tune in. Like, does this feel authentic to me? Are the choices that I'm making authentic to what I want to share with people? And then there's also like giving people value. You can't just expect to do what you want to do. And if it's fun for you, if, if you don't have like a service to offer people that, well, I do think just having a service to offer people, whether it's just being vulnerable and helping people feel less alone, that's giving back. And I, I feel like that's going to perpetuate your success as well. I think for me, I grew up always playing sports. So I was an athlete. I always wanted to play to win. That was kind of my mentality. Post-college, I got into tech, actually. I was at a startup. If you've seen Silicon Valley, the show on HBO, that was yes. my life with, like, crazy Zuckerberg. Wait. Okay. I worked I, at Box. It was a, he, the CEO I sat next to had a head full of gray hair. And he's, like, 27, by the way. Like, genius. I like how that's how Okay, by the way, smart. listen. It's like a movie. It my was, it my was poor totally husband, Valley. the other day, one of our team members came over because we, like, we're co-founders. And she's like, has, has your hair always been this gray? I'm like, no, it's been, like, over the last <laughs> the year. stress of success. I'm telling you. don't have gray hair. Not me. My husband oh, does. Oh. Listen, I saw a couple. And let me tell you, I saw it the day of my 32nd birthday. Uh-huh. I saw one come up here. I've never had a bigger panic attack. Attack. I told my assistant to book Botox at that very moment. That's I was hilarious. Who's not going to fix that one right here? Oh, who the fuck knows? Like, Botox, Botox connected. Botox fixes everything. How old are you now? Yeah. 32. Okay. <laughs> Turned 32 like, two weeks ago. The same. Botox was yesterday. <laughs> so I did that, and that was a very grindy. If you've seen the show Silicon Valley, that was my life. It was like get there early, be late. We IPO'd, fortunately, and I was able to be a part of that. I went to Adobe. I was a top saleswoman, which was really cool being amongst men in tech sales. So, and then I met my husband. I have to credit him because he really got me the idea of getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. He really supported me, inspired me to try things outside of my comfort zone. Sales, I knew I could do. I was like, I'm good at it. I talked to people. This is great. He really pushed me to try things outside the box like Sports Illustrated. I would not have been able to do that without the support from him. So that really opened the door for me is trying something. I tried that multiple years in a row and I finally made it. I made it into the magazine, which is a very interesting experience, but I learned a lot nonetheless. And I realized then I'm like, wow, I just made fucking Sports Illustrated. Like I I shouldn't. I'm a mom. I'm curvy. I'm old in the modeling world. And I'm not a model by any means. I don't identify as a model. But it made me realize like if you just try and you're consistent and you refuse to give up, you can literally do anything you want. And so that's kind of been addicting, I think, over the last couple of years. I mean, it's it. I, I do agree with you. I think it's really cool when, like, you know, we set, like, a challenge for ourselves or whatever, and then you do it, and you're like, well, shit, really? I did yeah. that. <laughs> it's like, that was kind of a joke, but cool. <laughs> I did it. Now what? Yeah. How did you guys meet? We met because my sister, whose fiance is in the sports world, well, is a football player, her husband, Kristen's husband, and he went to Stanford together. Mm -hmm. So Olivia, my sister, was friends with Kristen. She introduced us. And we both kind of had this reputation of being like a little... Outspoken? A little outspoken, (laughs) maybe like, I don't know, annoying, TMI. So we were like, we should do a podcast together. And then we just were like, no, let's do a podcast yeah. together. And then it took it took a long time to get it up it's and running, right? right? Just saying, it's like, we just did it. Yeah. Like, And I think that's the secret back to your question of success is like, I've learned it's not always the smartest people. It's not always the funniest or whatever, most talented. <laughs> I'd like to say we are funny and talented. Yeah. <laughs> but we set a goal. 
and we made it happen. Yeah. Well, and also I think it's like with our team, of course, surrounding yourself with. Well, there's a Harvard study that says the number one predictor of success is the people you surround yourself with. Yes. And I've been seeing I'm going to get all my information from memes. So this is definitely true. (laughs) No, but but this one is actually legit. And it's so true. It's like. Kristen is like, she helps me raise my vibration and I help her raise hers in in a different way. And just the way our personalities, like she's very steadfast and I can be a little like all over the place, but we each bring something to the table. So like just finding a team that, that works for you. And then she sent me something the other day that was like, most podcasts fail after episode 20 Mm -hmm. or don't get to episode 20. But most successful podcasts don't get successful until after 400 episodes. Yeah, so it's they like, never gave up. Because they never gave up. So it's just, it's the, that's why for me, it's important to have a partner like her because she will help me like stick through, like just follow through, you know? Like, and iron sh- sharpens iron. I'm a firm believer of that back to what you said about who you surround yourself with. And I think we both do a good job at, at least over the last couple of years, especially with what you've gone through is like getting rid of the people who don't support you or surface level might say they do, but being around quality, good people mm. who support you and will tell you, call you on your bullshit yeah. or say, hey, Kristen, you need to open up more. Try this. Like that's exactly- no gossiper. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, so, it's iron sharpens iron. For I sure. love this thing that you bring up because, you know, it's a conversation that I have with younger women. And I personally think it is so important because I think that when you surround yourself with people who are inspiring and like pushing you to be the best version of yourself, I think it like your version or your idea of what's normal and what you expect for yourself sort of shifts, right? Like if you are only hanging out with people who gossip and like don't do anything in life, then you think that that's normal, okay? Mm -hmm. And if not, then you're like, okay, wait, like I expect more for myself because this is what I'm surrounded by. So for anyone who is maybe trying to make shifts in their lives, what advice would you guys give them for attracting quality friendships? I think just being hyper aware of the conversation and how you feel after you leave those people. Because there's people I've been friends, been as in past, because those I've recognized aren't healthy for me. I leave kind of feeling icky or toxic, or I don't like that I have this information, maybe from gossiping. And then there's on the flip side, there's friends I leave, you know, dinner with. And I'm like, I have new goals. I, I, you know, I wanted to do this. Now I want to do that. I they, feel inspired. I feel inspired. Yeah. Like I want to create something. Like if you have that feeling of, wanting to discuss ideas, not people, and you you pick up on that, I think that's a huge sign. 100%. I love that too. And I, I think that I'm a huge believer in that like our body has so much more knowledge than we give it credit for. And it is true. It's like the Maya Angelou quote that's like, people will forget what you said and what you did, but they'll never forget the way you made them mm-hmm. feel. And I know that there are certain people when I spend time with, I feel depleted after. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they're bad people. Like it literally could just be like the energy is not jiving. And that's fine. Like not everything has to be personal, mm-hmm. but to be able to know when to pivot, even when it's inconvenient, pivot in your friendships, pivot in your in your job and be OK with living in a little bit of a mess, maybe from that pivot, just like going with what you know to be true by tuning into your body. And and with that comes, you know, maybe cutting off some people that yes. that you were surrounded with for a long time. Also, I think being intentional about your friends, it's like dating, right? Yes. Like I think people just stay in these toxic friendships for like prolonged periods mm-hmm. because they don't know any better and they're scared to like, you know, go and I don't know, like make better friends or whatever. And I really do think because I mean, we've moved my husband and I like plenty of times in our lives. And I think like it really is like dating, right, where Mm -hmm. you go and you meet a lot of people and 
it'll take you some time to find the right people, but I don't think you should give up on it just yeah. because, you know, you haven't yet found your people and just like settle. You know what I mean? So true. I was actually just saying this yesterday to somebody that like I found it to be such a blessing to move because if I didn't move to California and I stayed in Rhode Island, I would have just stayed hanging out with the same people, which is fine. They're great people. But it's like I feel like when I did move, I had no other choice but to like hand select mm-hmm. my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I ha- I got to like completely pick who I wanted to be surrounded by from when I moved here because I didn't have anybody else to I didn't have anybody that I knew for my whole yeah. life. Forces you to make new friends. Yeah, yeah. forces. Yeah, you. forces you to make new friends and put yourself out there. Are you looking for some good, clean positivity? Good, me neither. I'm Maddie Murphy and I host The Bad Broadcast, a weekly comedy podcast dedicated to talking about everything we love to hate. I searched my whole life to find my passion. Little did I know I had been practicing my true talent every single day, complaining. Join me every Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast to answer our weekly questions and for a chance to be featured on the show. See you there. I also want to touch on something that you said, Kristen, which was the mark of a successful person is someone who just like does it, you know, and it's not just going to be successful right away, but like you just do it anyway. And I want to talk about the importance of that because you guys have both switched careers. Mm-hmm. Like if many times. Yeah, like yeah. many times. <laughs> many times. Like 30 and, times between yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. And now you're here. Mm-hmm. So can you talk me through like anyone who's listening who may be at the earlier stages of their careers or maybe they're wanting to switch careers and they're scared? Like what pieces of advice can you give to them? One of the biggest pieces of advice I heard, gosh, what's her name? Rachel Hollis. She wrote mm-hmm. Girl Watch your face. I actually went to Girl Wash Your Face. Yeah. yeah. It's a bestseller. She's huge. Oh, I don't know it. I yeah. love, and love um, I went to actually, it was Brendan Bouchard, Gary V, Rachel Hollis, and Eric Thomas. Uh, amazing people. Tom Bailu. Like these were all speakers I went to. It was one of those t- like Tony Robbins. Like they're like <laughs> clapping. I'm like, where the fuck am I? I heard so many great pieces of advice. And one of them was don't be afraid to throw some shit at the wall. Everyone thinks it has to be perfect. I have to have this job lined up. I have to have this book perfect with these words at this time. It's like, throw it out there. You're going to pivot. You're going to grow. You're going to fail. You're going to go back up. You're going to go back down. You're going to go back up. You're going to go back down. That is what success I looks like. But don't be afraid to throw some some shit at the wall. Yeah. See what sticks. It's so funny that you asked this question because last night I just started following this new girl and she's inspired to write. Have you guys heard of her? No. She's really inspirational. And so this one, she says, words for creators who are thinking about pivoting. And she basically, she's a writer. And she, when she started writing these little like inspirational blurbs, she said that she blocked everybody that she knew because she just needed like the freedom to like be cringe yeah. and like not feel judged by people. So I think also just like, Cut, sometimes cutting yourself away from people to start. But she says, okay, pivoting on, your, on our creative journey is essential. You aren't here to obediently and subserviently please one audience with one sort of art. I know it would be easy to just keep doing things you're already good at, the thing that already has success, but you aren't here to create the same things over and over again. You're here to make 
an art that calls you. It doesn't need to be art, whatever it is that you do. You deserve to explore all the facets of your creative potential. You have so much more to give. And if you don't let yourself explore different avenues, you're going to become bitter at your current way of creating. And it could become a prison of your own making. Totally believe that. Mm -hmm. When you pivot, you're not starting from scratch. You've experienced so much with your other past experiences. So you're giving yourself room to play, to fuck up, to be messy. I just think I love her. She does. She has so much. And when you pivot, you might lose some of your audience. That's what I. Uh, yeah, it happens. Like, if, especially if you're a creator, like on Instagram or something like I'm like, oh, my God, I'm losing followers because I'm talking about this thing. It's like, well, maybe those weren't your people anymore. Yeah. Like, you got to be OK with, like, losing some of the people that aren't for you. And anymore. I think, too, I truly believe this. If it scares you, it's probably a good thing. That means that's the right direction. If it scares you and you know in your gut this is what you want fucking just do it. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to is just putting yourself out there, doing it. People are going to judge you, including your so-called friends. Just just do it. Keep your I as Jimmy Iovine. He said this is think of race horses. You need to put your blinders on. And I think when you want to pivot in your career or start a company, whatever it is, you need to put those blinders on. Focus on that prize and anything on the side of you, behind you, do not fucking look at that. Mm. Unless they're with you on that journey, it's, it's just noise. Block yeah. out the noise. Focus and work towards that a little bit every day and chip away brick by brick, you're going to build something amazing. Also, I think that people sometimes hold themselves back because they're afraid of what other people think. And there's two things here which really stuck with me. Number one is that if someone is thinking about you, they're likely going to go back to thinking of themselves like really quickly. So it's just such a short like (laughs) blip, you know? Yeah. Number two, I think it's people who you're not inspired by who are like so obsessed and like saying mean things or thinking mean things, you know, like let's be real. Oprah doesn't give a fuck what we're all doing. Winners are never, winners are never hating on winners. Yeah. Yeah, What is the, I love this quote. It's like, Bees don't waste time explaining to flies why honey is better than than shit. shit. (laughs) Something like that. I love that. I love that. I know you guys did an episode on your 30s versus your 20s. And I think what we're talking about is like so... It's like one of those things in your 20s where you feel like, you know, you graduate from school or it's like the earlier time in your career and you think you're supposed to have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. And I think having these conversations is so important because I remember when I was in my 20s, like I switched careers three times, you Mm -hmm. know, and I would come down so hard on myself. It's like, damn it, I was supposed to be there by now. And it's hard (laughs) to in this day and age with social media. I'm seeing like teenagers with Louis Vuitton. I'm like, excuse me? No, for real. I thought only Fooey Vuitton. Yeah, probably (laughs) Fooey Vuitton. But (laughs) seriously, but like when I was that age, all I wanted to do was like find out how I could get alcohol and like party with my friends. I wasn't, I thought Paris Hilton had Louis Vuitton, you know, but what I say that is because we look like everything's supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to have luxury purses on our way to Italy. I'm like, why is everyone in fucking Italy but me? But it's like, we're supposed to have this all figured out. And remember, Samuel L. Jackson wasn't an actor, an A-list actor until he was in his late 40s. And he's Samuel fucking Jackson. Wait, is that that for real? I'm pretty sure he was like a crackhead. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I could be wrong. I'll have to fact check there. But he had a late start. There's a lot of late start actors and it's like, well, I mean, Chris Jenner too, right? She I mean, was in her forties before yeah, she like. That's true. She was, she was she, busy making. She, she was planning the still, seeds. She had she had a fine start, I will say. She, I, yeah, no, but unfulfilled. I mean, when you think about true. it, it's like I don't. I'm sure she feels much more. Fulfilled now. Uh, fulfilled yes. now that she's created her own success 100%. and like just getting money from being married. Exactly. So I think it's like it's fair to say that success can come 
at any point in your life multiple times. It come early on. It come later on in life. It come through different ways. It doesn't have to be a career. It could be through motherhood or relationships or serving others. So I think it's like we think there has to be a step and a point that we have to reach. And it's like I always go back. Success looks like this. It's it's different to everyone. It does. It totally yeah. does. And you don't eat the fruit. To, what is it? You don't eat the fruit from the seed you plant today on the same day or something. It's like, you know, you, you have guys, to be. Uh, Aurora I, I love her metaphors. I love my metaphors. <laughs> you don't eat the fruit from the seed that you plant today. Yeah. Today. That's not what it yes. is. I don't know. Yeah. Cecilina. We, we get it. We get it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't know. It's true. It takes it takes a while and you have to be willing to like be like, it's time to pivot. This isn't working. I think working. it's a flower doesn't grow the day you plant it. There's That's the same something thing. Something like We're that. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's yeah. Can't count your chickens before they yeah. hatch. <laughs> what else we got? The grass isn't always greener on the other side. <laughs> what else do we have? <laughs> oh. What other learnings did you guys have coming into your 30s from your 20s? Like, what are the biggest differences and things that you wish you would have known? My happiness is a selfish journey, and I need to embrace that and not apologize for it. I think I always wanted really? to Really? Make... I don't like that. I love it. I don't think I've that's learned true it. for I you. Think, I, I think that you have to protect your peace. Oh, yeah. And what I mean, that's what I mean by it. You have to protect your peace. And if it's not serving you, then it's okay. You can pass. You don't have to mm-hmm. explain to people, you know, you don't have to give everyone a reason. Sometimes your answer is no. You know, you don't have to make up a reason yeah, or that's excuse. True. I get or it. People pleasing. I've let go of people pleasing. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I try to please the people I love and truly, genuinely care about and support me, of course, but I don't need to answer to everyone. And it's like, if it's not for me, it's not for me. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 Taking my peace. I, I love that. I think that that's definitely something I've grown into as well. But I think also knowing that like when you reach that romanticized destination, the happiness is not going to follow. Like it's, you know, I feel like a lot of us are, well, most of us are born with this like hole of like, oh, when I have the kids, I'll feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. When I get the husband, I'll feel fulfilled. And like throughout my life, since I've checked off these boxes, I'm like, damn it, that didn't work either. Yeah. What's the thing? But it's like, what it is, is like only you can fill that for mm-hmm. yourself. So I think just like learning to know yourself to be to, just like self-loving, as corny as it sounds, but like learning the things that make you tick, that mm-hmm. make you inspired, that help you take care of yourself. Those are the things that are going to bring happiness, not a person or a baby or 100%. anything. Yeah, it's never the external goals. And I think that when I eased into my 30s as well, it was kind of like the same reckoning that I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can have all this shit. But like, you know, it's really like I have to work on myself internally. And that's kind of where the joy and the fulfillment comes from. It's not from like these. Yeah, it's not things. It's not accolades. It's literally like yourself, like within. And (laughs) if everything else is stripped away from you, like, I don't know, like you can still figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Exactly. You have to work at it. It's a constant up and down battle. You have to put the self-work in or you're not going to get that self-worth within. No. And even like, I feel like it's constant work. Like yes. even when you're at yes. that, in that headspace, it's like you you're, have to consistently yeah. work on it in you're order like, to. Oh, happy! Like, yeah, done. That's I'm it. Good. I'm here, <laughs> yeah. like forever. No, it's it's a constant work in progress. I feel like. So you guys both share about motherhood. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that because you know the internet can be a weird place, you know. And I <laughs> yeah. feel like especially I don't get it, you guys. Like I don't have kids. But my friends have kids and I don't know why people think it's their business to give other people like, <laughs> like parenting yeah. advice, but <laughs> unsolicited. It's my favorite. <laughs> we love those. <laughs> but how's that journey been for you guys? And like, how do you guys protect your peace when sharing such like a, I guess like a 
such an intimate part of your life. It is. And we've both decided, and I understand why people don't share their children on social media. We do. It's become part of our brand, but it's also fun because it's like, this is our real life and we share it. We share when our kids take shits on airplanes and Uh, splatter everywhere. I don't don't really, because I don't want to share anything that can live on the internet forever that's going to embarrass my child, maybe in like third grade if somebody pulls it up. Yeah, I guess I don't think that far. <laughs> no, I mean, if it's Nala, if it's yeah. like a three-month-old. For sure, Yeah, for sure. but yeah. like, I don't know. I tr- I try to be a little bit more careful now about embarrassing, about yeah. like putting anything that, that they might be embarrassed by down yeah. the road. Yeah, but I also think that people, I've I've come to a realization for, for me, at least I've told myself this, whether it's motherhood or goals you're going after or a, a message you're trying to portray, anyone that takes time out of their day to intentionally try to hurt you. It's one thing to offer advice and maybe they come from a good place, but if they're trying to hurt you, like pray for that person. Like they are so sad. So that gives me comfort when people try to come for me, at least, Mm -hmm. that I just honestly pity them. I'm like, you have, you you must not, I would never intentionally try to go out of my way to hurt someone in that way on social media. No, yeah, I I wouldn't. I feel for those people, honestly. I wouldn't either, but Kristen and I are both very strong believers in freedom of speech. Yes, we're very And I would not... I would not want any of those comments censored, to be honest. I I welcome it because I do feel like the way I approach my sharing is somewhat guided by some of these not so nice comments. Because, I mean, like, you know, there's truth to some of the things and I've had to kind of pull back on what I what I share from my kids. Honestly, it's I'm always adjusting. I'm Mm -hmm. always adjusting. There's a lot of things that I don't like to see when parents are like, I don't know, just oversharing oversharing their kids lives like as yeah. my kids have gotten a little bit older when they're babies I used to share everything and then now that my son has like a little bit more of his own personality and everything I'm like you know I'm I've been pulling back a little bit yeah. just naturally but I've been feeling it out and you know what the mom is the one who know the mom the parents know best what's best yeah and that and you just have to respect like the journey of of each individual parent but I do but I do think when you're putting your kid out there and you're putting anything on social media you're opening it up yep and you're you're it's inviting Pandora's all box. of yeah. the unsolicited advice so it's like I, I never really get mad at people but I will block you restrict you yes. report you yes, real quick <laughs> all real those. quick <laughs> yeah it's you gotta yeah. you gotta protect yourself yeah. man like yeah. uh, shit that's out there it's insane I know. So I know you guys really like to keep it real. And so I have to ask you guys, what was pregnancy like? Like your first pregnancy? I hated it. I hated it. Okay. I hated it. It was not this beautiful, okay, lovely. Yeah, it was. I love it. It was gorgeous. Human. My first, my first really? I was like, I am a walking miracle. If this door is not automatic, somebody must open it for me. I do not touch doors. Yeah. No, I, I, lo- I, I loved the first experience of being pregnant. My second one, I feel bad saying this my poor daughter but like my second one was horrible I had postpartum I had postpartum anxiety with my son and then when I got pregnant with my daughter it like came back during the pregnancy oh. it was also 2020 during oh the my pandemic gosh. okay like fully during the pandemic my marriage was falling apart I mean there's a lot like was it situational was it clinical I don't know but pregnancy is gnarly experience I think it's gnarly is a good way to put yeah. it I think there's a lot that people don't talk about so women just kind of suffer, if you will, with their husband or under their roofs by themselves while so many crazy things are happening to you, not just physically. Like, it's not like, oh, I can't see my vagina anymore. And it looks ridiculous right now. But there's also like that mental, emotional aspect. And like your body's drastically changing. Like, I remember looking at myself in the mirror, bawling, like, this is not me. Like, I felt like I was in a different body. And that was Mm -hmm. hard for me. I take a lot of pride in my body. And I have a very healthy relationship with food in my body. Thank God. I'm very fortunate. But like, 
I felt out of control. And for someone like we were just talking about OCD, to not have that control was really, really hard for me. And then, of course, you have to go back. It's, it's, it feels like a nonstop journey. I yeah. feel like Oprah, like my weight's up and it's down. It's yeah. up and it's down. It's up and it's down. And it's a, it's a lot to take on emotionally, I think. And I, I think not yeah. women are starting to talk about it much more, though. I think also with my struggles with like addiction and stuff, like since I wasn't you, I wasn't taking Adderall and I wasn't drinking when I was pregnant were either of my pregnancies. And like I've had like a sober journey before and after then, like it was hard for me to not be able to rely on the coping mechanisms that I had been able to use when I wasn't pregnant. So I was like, in a way, it was easier to do it for them than to do it for myself. Mm -hmm. But like it's, it is a shock to your mental system if you're relying on a glass of wine every night and you're not able to do that because you're pregnant. And I didn't do it. I wasn't the person who was having the drinks while they were pregnant just because I knew my propensity to overdo it. So I was like, I'm going to be good. But that was hard for me. It was like I was detoxing and pregnant mm-hmm. and all the things. It's like there's a lot. I mean, I this is the thing that I think women's experiences through pregnancy is so varied. Like, you know, totally. you're talking about your first experience being like, you know, an angelic yeah. woman floating <laughs> yeah. through life. And you were like dresses like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, like your experience was like, I can't wait to work out again was my. Yeah. 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 And the thing is that, like you're saying, I think for a long time, people didn't talk about like the ugly, you mm-hmm. know, where they were so quiet about it that first time mothers like expected to exclusively have like the that experience. Yeah. And then they wouldn't. And they were like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. You know, and just like confused. Yeah. Yes. And I like I've had I have friends right now who are pregnant who I've had these conversations with and they're like, I don't even know what's happening to my body. Like I I feel so out of control and I don't know what to do. So after you guys had your babies, I like I want to know about your experience after that, because you were dealing with postpartum anxiety. And how was that? And how did you kind of go back into starting to feel at home in your body again? I mean, with mine, it was like I, I had seen, you know, I heard like the big stories like Brooke Shields. What does postpartum depression look like? It's like or like you hear the horror stories where the mom like throws their baby off of a cliff or something and then always kills herself, too. That's yeah. Yeah. And it anyway, that's a whole other thing. But for me, it looked different. It was like catastrophic anxiety where I would just like walk into a room and it was like a superpower where I could see like every sharp corner, every hot cup of something, every like piece of something that could, it's like, it was just a heightened awareness that was, that I couldn't sleep because I was imagining the worst case scenario and everything. And it's, it really is a biological thing, especially if you're have a propensity towards like OCD or compulsive behavior. It is quite likely that you'll have some kind of heightened anxiety after you have your baby, especially if you're not sleeping. So I ended up going on Zoloft and it helped me tremendously, but I didn't want to be on something for very long. So when I, about six months later, I weaned off of it and I was fine. And I got pregnant with my daughter when my son was two. And then in the middle of my pregnancy, I was like, it all came back again, but I didn't want to take something when I was pregnant. So I had to go through all of the like weighing the pros and cons. And I ended up taking something when I was pregnant with her. I went back to, on the Zoloft during my pregnancy mm-hmm. and, it, and I felt I, it made me feel so much better. You, I had to weigh like what I rather like the risks of the medication or like the risks of being wildly unhappy. You know, it, it, they all affect the baby shares a blood supply. Yeah. It all and, and it goes back to like you have to protect your happiness 100 percent. Yeah. And I struggled because I didn't. I knew I was dealing with postpartum blues, which is different from the postpartum depression because it kind of fades after. But I would struggle because I was such a proponent of I don't 
I don't need SSRIs. I think there's a, a time and place for people that do need it. I felt like I could fight it on my own. And because of that mentality, I was fighting it on my own internally. So I was having this struggle. I was crying in the shower. I was trying to put on this brave face. So it was really hard for sure. But I think it's just day by day with anything. Are you feeling totally better now? 100% better. But I think it comes back to finding time for me again and having that sense of control. And for me, just for me personally, that's going to the gym. That's being Mm -hmm. consistent. That's doing my morning routine. That's taking care of myself again. And it's really hard to do as a mom, but... I'm a firm believer of you are the CEO of this this so-called company, which is your household. You are the top. If you are suffering, it's going to dwindle down to your marriage and to your children. So I am the most important. Then it's my husband because that's my team. That's my co-founder. That's my partner of this household. We have to be good. We can't be good unless I'm good. Once Mm -hmm. we're good, now we can just be the best inspiration leaders, hopefully, for our children to raise good humans. And at the end of the day, like that's all we can do and to control this world is to put out good humans. Yeah. yeah. So I think it starts for me. It's it's self-care. I, yeah. I really love that piece of advice because I think that oftentimes, you know, moms feel like they need to be martyrs and they sacrifice on their own like mental health. Yeah. Yeah, They like completely flip it. They put everything and everyone Mm -hmm. before themselves. And what you're saying is absolutely true where, you know, like I think kids are so intuitive and you can totally feel like especially your mom's energy. And if it's depleted and she's up on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think what you're saying is like so true. And I love that you still prioritize things like taking care of yourself, even though you're a mom. My kids will pick up on it too. And I've noticed that with other moms. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so whiny and stressful. And I'm like, dude, you're stressing me out right now. Like, for sure you're stressing <laughs> out me. your six for sure. I'm, always like, I'm like, you guys are so annoying. And they're like, you're so-. I'm like, stop, don't yell. And they're like, you're yelling. And I'm like, <sighs> well, I have third child syndrome with moms. If you meet up someone with three kids, they're like, it's fine. They're on the roof. They'll be fine. Give them a band-aid. Yeah, you literally, you I'm choice. at the point where I'm like, the police are going to come and take you to jail. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. God. And Can I say something so bad? I was made a joke, but it was a joke. I'm towards... not a parenting expert, guys. Well, I was like said under my breath, but Jackson heard he's old enough to start understanding jokes. Like, so he did something. I go, I'm going to drop you off at a fire station. And he started bawling, crying. Oh. He said you were going to drop me off. I'm like, I didn't mean it, but yeah. it was a joke. Oh, my oh. God. So I have to watch my mouth now. I know. It's so, it's, it, but you know what? The, I think the best, I don't, you, and you didn't ask, but the best parenting <laughs> advice, I've been apologizing so much for like my behavior. And I feel like it's so, like, they really appreciate they it. And I'm like, oh. I'm so sorry, Remy. Like, that wasn't nice of me to they do tell you that you're going it. to jail. Yeah. You're only five. <laughs> they don't even have cells for yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> and then what, what like what do they like they're happy? He's like, they, he's like over he's, it. he, it's so cute. He goes, Mommy, don't worry, I forgive you. Do you forgive me? Yes. And I'm like, Stop. I'm like, I have nothing to forgive you about. You're you, you didn't do yeah. anything. And he's like, but just forgive me. And like he, it's like a game, you know. Oh. Yeah. Oh my I god, know. that's so cute. Going to oh my gosh. These little humans, they're so funny. I know. Okay, so I want to talk about realistic wellness practices slash like self-care. Like what are you guys into right now? Mm. We were just talking about this. I'm a firm believer of a, I can attest to an evening routine. I Mm -hmm. wish I was like a hardcore Huberman morning. I try. Some things I do is intermittent fasting. I do this usually four or five days a week because some days on Saturday and I'm home with my family, I want a yummy cup of coffee or pancakes with the kids or something. So I believe in an 80-20 
I believe, to indulge. I think if I want cheesecake on date night, I'm going to have cheesecake on date night. It's okay. I think the secret, everyone wants this big, quick fix. The secret is consistency. And it's just showing up every day and doing the same shit. It's Groundhog's Day, but... For me personally, that's what's worked. And having a good evening routine for me, it's magnesium. It's changed my life. Helps with blood circulation, your bones, your mental health, sleep, regular bowel movements, everything. Magnesium, if I could suggest one thing, that has absolutely changed my life. And I'm, I talk about this all the time with Aurora is I believe in colonics. I believe in cleaning out your body. You do? Like you clean out How your car. How often do you do a colonic? Like every six weeks. What? Yep. Yep. Why don't you just poop on your own? Yep. Isn't your body meant to do that? It's taking out l- stress from your liver. It's taking out like It's also gas. like apparently it's like high- layers and layers of shit that doesn't yes. come out. Yes. Like that That's what I do. I'm nervous about them because I know one. somebody who has colitis and she thinks that she got colitis from doing too many colonics. I don't know. I think it's amazing. Personally, I think it's amazing. I feel better. And it's inc- I didn't know this until my gal told me this. It's incredibly hydrating. So I go regularly. I do. I believe in consistency. I'm going to do one. You should. I've, should I've never it. done it. Either, but like people have told me like such good things about yeah. it. Amazing. It's great. You'll have like a six pack after. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Do All it. Right. Do it. So I think consistency is the key for whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Everyone's journey and you know, health looks different. And then love food that loves you back. If you're getting bloated from a certain thing, don't eat it. You know, and then hydration, which bitches hate to hear, but hydration, hydration. and communication. <laughs> yeah. That's if there's one thing my ex husband yeah. taught me. Yeah. <laughs> I do hot yoga. It's like saved my life for my whole life. It's something that I always go back to. It's kind of like my church. I really need like a spiritual connection. Like one of the things that's really like that like feeds my soul is just to make sure that I'm like that I'm that I'm feeding my crown chakra, which is your like connection to the source energy. And like I, I find that in yoga. I find that through the books that I read. I, I'm a big audible listener and I listen to love like audible. Yeah, me too. Audible. I, I'm obsessed. And like I'm always right now I'm reading what are you a book reading right now. I'm reading a book called The Unbearable Lightness of Being. It's it's I, I read like the most woo woo book. I love me and Aurora. Books, I'm reading she reads 10, like Joe Rogan and I by Grant Cardone. <laughs> oh, I say that's a good book. Yeah, I love it. I'm a, I'm a mix I, of you guys I did like David Goggins. All Love my stuff him. is like, if you looked at my Ottawa, you'd be like, she okay? Like, is she good? <laughs> it's like all like it's all self-help and it's self-improvement. But I love it. Like I love listening to a good book because I don't know how to read. I don't think I haven't read in forever, but I like to listen to books. And so I do my hot yoga. I do my spiritual books and I meditate. So that those are my those are my big things. OK, so since we're talking about books, what are your like top three book recommendations? Oh, the so Secret many. Changed My Life. Um, Yeah, that just made me realize, like, not to sound cheesy, but the power within and that I really can do anything if I just am on the right wavelength. So I believe, like, you attract everything you put out, good and bad. Yeah. Um, Do you read um, Joe Dispenza? No, but I need to. actually okay. heard Lauren talk oh, about him. Oh, he's the one who, he, the mind, the body, you guys, his yeah. mind. Becoming superhuman yes. is, so I'm like, like, The Secret changed my life, too. Yeah. My mom gave it to me years ago, and yeah. I feel like it just changed who I was. I feel like The Secret I has such, like, a kitschy like cheesy yes, vibe now but th- this now. was like you know back in the day like yeah, i'm yeah. talking like this was 2014 or 13 when That's i read it you know yeah, and like i was a completely different person mm-hmm. it changed who i was and then obviously i got into this shit and dr joe dispenza unbelievable because like, i'm telling you yeah. guys you both need to read becoming okay. supernatural okay i'm gonna write it down right now you guys you can listen to it on audible that's what i did it's like it's like a hefty book oh, wow. but it's Okay, there's incredible meditation practices. The manifestation practices in there are like so tangible. Mm-hmm. I like that. The stuff that's happened after I've read that book. 
look like I, I mean it's it's wild it's, it's wild. wild out yeah. there you guys no so. I know it's such it's like a different untapped world that I feel like there's a big culture in LA that's why I love like it, I feel like a lot of people are into this sort of stuff yeah. and yeah okay so the untethered soul is probably one of my favorites Same. I love, love that, that I also love Marianne Williamson wrote a book years like 1992 called A Return to Love it's based on A Course in Miracles which is like basically like the secret it's like a but it's like a giant manuscript of a book basically just talking about our connection to divinity i don't know it's it's a great book one of my favorites is the monk who sold his ferrari and it's kind of it says it in its title it basically talks about what's important yeah. and what we were talking about it's not about the things it's about the family it's about your health it's a really fun easy good read and then the the four agreements the ones that's that you read are one. like the alchemist. It's like yes. the ones that it's like, if you said like, what are the most basic girl self-help books, Kristen, you just named well, all of that, them. Those, <laughs> and then, well, then I read basically anything by a Marine. I, like, yeah. I, love I bet Dave. you also read You Are a Badass or what's the other? I don't know. There's <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. few that are just like, no, yeah, I've they're read like on all. the shelf at Borders. Yes, I brought to <laughs> but anything by a Marine, honestly, I love. Really? I have a deep, deep obsession she's a hard ass with marines and navy seals i just watched the terminalist on they are Amazon really Prime. pretty fucking cool Ugh, wait what what like what is a book by a marine that you love um, david goggins david one? goggins don't a... don't hurt me is it good? can't hurt can't me hurt. it's amazing i mean he's yeah. just had such an incredible journey like what is it, it like an autobiography really like good. what's yes. the vibe it's an autobiography okay. he, yeah he, and he he's he narrates it which is great because he speaks just like a human, like a, like a dude. And he's, he's just such a hard, no, no excuses. Well, person. And there's a commentator after mm-hmm. every chapter, like him and this other guy break it down. Yeah. And it's a good, it's a really it's good great. read. And I yet, listen, it just gives you insight of to like the training, especially of what Navy SEALs go through. And I just have tremendous, tremendous respect for our, our military and what they do. And I think we only get a glimpse of what they do on our behalfs. Like, obviously we don't know 90% of the shit that they do. But I just have a, a tremendous respect because it takes a very certain type of animal, if you will, to go do what they do. Yeah. And I just have the utmost respect. So anyone who can shit on them, our military, our flag, anything like who does do not talk to me. People are <laughs> shitty people, you know, and I think like the flag, for, for example, like that represents those men and mm-hmm. women. And I just have the oh, utmost, yeah. utmost yeah. respect for Don't them. The they are, they can, are why we are. We live in the greatest countries because of them. All military. So I just have the utmost respect for them. OK, so I, I have to read. Can't can't hurt me or just hurt me. fast track. Watch Terminal List on Amazon Prime uh-huh. with Chris Pratt. So good. Really? So, so, and he plays being a Navy SEAL because they're oh, a very I don't like specific. army mu- movies. Those are for boys. No, this is like, I, well, Ty <laughs> makes fun of me because I love bro movies. Shocker. Yeah. Anything with like SEALs or like just bro. Really? Like, Do you watch John, John, Jack John Ryan? Jo- no, Jack Ryan. Yeah, John Jack Wick Ryan. too. Yeah. yeah, Jack Ryan. That's what I need to watch next. My husband is obsessed with it. Really? Like, oh my God. I started like it list. and it's like, he's like a lawyer, right? My and, husband? No. Is your husband a lawyer? No. Oh, oh Jack Ryan. Ryan. No. Yeah. Is Jack Ryan a lawyer? No, isn't no. he that like he goes and like fights wars or something? It's played by know. John Maybe Krasinski from The him. Office. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought that at the beginning opened with like there was a lawyer. I don't know. Maybe. No, that's a Lincoln lawyer. Hello. Don't, don't, don't just cut this whole part. <laughs> Another of the good one, John Krasinski. He was in 13 Hours, and uh-huh. that is the couple 13 Hours of the, the fight in Benghazi where they saved the US, US oh, Embassy. Oh, yeah. That was, Amazing that movie. Was crazy. Highly suggest. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we've got book anyway, and movie wraps. We're, we're all over the place. <laughs> so we have audience questions, mm. okay? So two, which are like, I mean, it's perfect because it's an easy transition. So number one is take us through a week of workouts for both of you guys. Okay. Mine's usually, I'll probably, I work out 
consistently Monday through Friday at a gym. I go to Equinox. I like to be surrounded by people who really care about them health. And sometimes that means working out somewhere that's way too overpriced. But I like being surrounded. I like the energy of a gym. I like almost knowing people are watching me because then mm-hmm. I work harder. Oh, it's I kind of, hate a gym. Like, I, I, hate, I hate working out with people. People are like, you want to work out with me? I'm like, no. <laughs> um, I like to put my headphones on and as loud as I can. Do not disturb me. That's like my hour and for you're me. doing resistance training I'm or what are you doing? mostly weight training. Uh-huh. And then I, I'm a big, I love finishing with like 15 to 20 minutes in the sauna or steam room. I like to sweat it out. So mostly just based on like what I want my body to to feel like and look like is different from what someone else might like. Mm-hmm. But for me, I want to embrace my curvy body because that's just what God gave me. So I'm like, what can we work with? Let's just enhance this area a little bit, lift up the booty a little bit. So I like weight training. It's, it's fat burning and builds muscle yeah. and keeps your curves. So I do five days a week weight training. Love. I do hot yoga, like mm-hmm. maybe two or three times a week. And then I'll do like a Barry's boot camp, which is cardio with weight training. Cool. Yeah. But yoga is more like a spiritual, more like, well, no, it's a, it's a hard ass workout. Where yeah, I, hot I yoga have to is leave. not a joke. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> no, rough. But I feel like at least it has like the mental component too, yeah. where like if I only go to a gym, then I feel like I'm missing that. But I mean, if you can give that to yourself, then that's fine. But I'm always like in my head at the gym, like, I don't know if I'm using this that's right. That's how I feel with yoga. I'm like too ADD where I'm like, okay, what am I thinking? Okay, what do I have to do later? Like I can't <laughs> yeah. get into that yeah. meditative space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to each their own. To yeah. each their own. I, by the way, with you, like love weight training. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like so strong. Yeah. Yeah, oh, like don't oh, fuck with me. yeah, I no, seriously, it. like it's my favorite thing. So love that. Okay, so what do you guys both eat in a day? This was also a very popular question. Huh. I start off my morning with athletic greens. The drinkag1.com slash barely filtered. I don't know. I actually really do love it. I like to fast and then I'll break my, I guess it doesn't break your fast necessarily. I'll have greens. The first thing I want in my body is something hydrating. So water, greens, and usually tea. And then I'll go to black coffee. And then I'm addicted to sweet greens. I love a big, hefty, protein-rich salad. So I probably have that once a day. And then I'll have like chicken rice and veggies, usually something along those lines with a balanced protein. I believe in carbs because again, I'm trying to feed a curvy body and gain muscle. So I need healthy carbs, healthy fats. My body reacts well to fat. So we have peanut butter. We have peanut butter every day. Peanut butter, eggs I could live off of. Yeah. So good. What about you? Not that. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I wake up and I have a that nothing before I have my giant coffee with milk, with sugar. But I actually use um, maple syrup, which just because I don't have sugar right now in your house, but I like it. I like, or agave. And I do fast, I guess, because other than my coffee, I don't eat probably until noon, but I'll have like a sandwich or a sa- I mean, I eat really normal, guys. Like, I don't, honestly, yeah. I don't like cold food. So I don't like salads. I don't really That's eat so salads. I don't like cold foods. And really? Yeah, I don't like cold food. I don't like salad. Like, who wants to like, eat little, ice like, cream or no? I can make an exception for ice cream. <laughs> can you do smoothies? This is like fascinating. No, I mean, like, I will, do, I'll have like, smoothies. Like, all I eat is cold food. No, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I, I mean, they do say in like Ayurvedic medicine that like you shouldn't put cold food in your body. I don't know. Like, I, I just don't like a salad. But I'll do like a stir fry with like rice and I, I'll have, I don't restrict anything from myself. And lately, since I, gave up alcohol. I like my sugar cravings are like, whoa. So I'm trying to curb that a little bit. But like, I usually make cookies like every single night. I have chocolate, dark chocolate every single day. Yeah. For sure. I love a, like a chocolate chip cookie. And I'm, I'm a like magnesium changed my life. And then tea. I 
believe in tea, yeah. and I want to get into ancient like Chinese medicine and their what food. What tea? Mm. Like what specific so tea? Do you have, have favorites? Rose hips every single night. It fights inflammation, Ooh. and inflammation is the yeah, but root cause. It tastes cause. like potpourri. It tastes like my it? grandma's underwear drawer. <laughs> well, you know, we all have to make sacrifices, Aurora. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> rose hips fights inflammation, which is the root of basically all disease. So yes. rose hips every night. Honestly, I have something called the Sunday Special, and it's rose hips with smooth move, and it's just gets rid of the weekend by traditional medicinal. So it's all herbal. It's not like a true laxative. Peppermint, because hot girls have So you don't even problems. have like a caffeinated tea. But no, I'll, I'll we both love day. green tea all green day. Tea or like a long tea yes. from Trader Joe's. Yes. I do love that. Yeah. So I yeah. just love tea. I think it's good for your body. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Lots of good tips. You mm-hmm. guys, tell everyone where they can find you. You can find us at Barely Filtered Pod. That's on Instagram. You can find me at Aurora Culpo or at Aurora underscore Culpo on TikTok. If you have Aurora Culpo, please DM me and give it back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm at Kristen Lewell and yeah, at Barely Filtered Pod. And yeah, we love our community. Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. Thank this was so fun. You. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sif And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people. Learn and unlearn and have a lot of fun. See you next week. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.